kind of secret to us. Amen. Something I learned a lot of years ago. My dad used to teach it to us, and I didn't really find the benefit of it when he was teaching us. It was later, after my uh, dad was gone on to be with the Lord, that I realized, oh, wow, that is something that I wish I would have just listened to him more. <laughs> not, not to him, but I, w- I wish I would have listened to the God in him more. Not to exalt the man above above what, what God has honored him, but the Lord spoke through the man. And I wish I would have listened to the Lord speaking through the man. Because he would teach us how to just breathe in. Not some crazy Eastern meditation garbage, but real, real breath, spirit breath. We do it by taking a natural breath. But just feeling God come into us. And just a really simple technique and I shouldn't even call it a technique because that sounds too technical, like we're pushing God's buttons. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what we're doing. Right. More it's a, it's an exercise. It's a method. I don't know what you would call it, but it's just uh, something that you can do. You can breathe in, and when you breathe out, just give a praise to God. A good one's a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I mean, you can praise him however you want, but... Can we just try to just breathe in as deep as you can? And just let it out with a hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can even let it out with tongues if you desire. Why don't we do that one more time? Let's just practice feeling God. One more time in. Hallelujah. Sometimes you'll get chills up and down your spine. Sometimes you'll get what the old timers call the quickening. Well, your head will bob like a chicken a little bit. Don't worry about any of that stuff. God will intersect your, your physical body at times. And he'll make you quirk and jump and roll around on the ground and jump for joy and all kinds of crazy stuff. If you just let him. Oh, I know we've got we've got sophisticated. But God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll tell you one thing about God. I'll tell you one thing about who he is, the Bible, 1 John, says that he is love. Yes. Amen. I'll tell you one thing about love. When you experience it, it moves you. There will be a physical, mental, emotional response when you feel the love of Jesus. Come on, we act like idiots when we love our cats. Oh, <laughs> But when we're sitting in church, we're supposed to be stoic. <laughs> Amen. Come on, it's, it's all right. It's all right to show him even your physical expression of love. And if you just, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you just let him just kind of move you in that spiritual place, that the, the veil is thin here today. Move right into the spirit realm just like that. It's all right if you act crazy. It's all right if you jump or shout. It's all right to sit in a, a different seat than you normally sit. It's all right to uh, jump up and down while you're praying. It's all right to stand on your head while you're praying if that's what the Lord tells you to do. 
nothing that can stop us. The devil can't stop us. God won't stop us. There's nothing that can stop us except for us. Praise you, Jesus. I know, you're all thinking, what's he going to make us do? I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not going to make you do it. I just want to, I just want to give you that understanding if you don't already have it. There are times I wish I, would li I had listened to the man of God closer, and I wished I would have done what he instructed me to do without being stubborn and know-it-all. Lord God, help us not to be that way. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Got a witness in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 28. For those of you who may not be fully aware, this is the last book of the five books of Moses. This is um, the last recorded writings of Moses. At the very end, the last few chapters, we find out he, he died. And uh, But right before this happens, the last few words from God, the last few things the Lord was doing with Moses was commanding blessings. He's commanding blessings. And uh, you don't have to, it's probably just on the same page, but if, you, if you're not there, I'm looking at uh, chapter 27 real briefly. It says, blessings from Mount Gerizim. It says, and Moses charged the people the same day, saying, these shall stand upon Mount Gerizim to bless the people. And that's half of the tribes. And then, and these shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, and Asher. It's like, wow, why would God do that? He's, he's putting us into position. Uh, last year, no, two years ago, it's more like two years ago, we uh, had a slide presentation uh, during the days of Joshua. Uh, Joshua knew that he had to go up to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. He knew he had to go up there. And he, had, he knew he had to make sacrifices up there. He knew he had to set half the tribes over here and half the tribes over here. And he knew that the valley, it wasn't, it wasn't a large, large, large place, but it was two, two mountains or mounts, uh, kind of glorified hills, really. There weren't huge places, but they were big enough for all these people to stand on. And uh, the blessing was commanded from Mount Gerizim. This is the same mountain that the woman at the well of Sychar, or Shechem, was speaking to Jesus about. She was saying, well, okay, now that I know you're a powerful man of God, let me ask you a spiritual question. Uh, our fathers say you have to worship this mountain, but you Jews say you have to worship down at another mountain, Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. Which one is it? And he just said, lady, will you cut the religion? <laughs> you, don't, you, don't even know, you don't even know what you're talking about? And, and if you need to know, just read the Bible. That came from Moses. It's all there. The problem was is the Samaritan Torah was changed in no less than 213 times, even to the point where the last of the commandments, instead of saying thou shalt not covet, literally was replaced to read thou shalt worship at Mount Gerizim. 
Well, worshiping in Mount Gerizim is in the Bible. In fact, that's where the blessings came from. Mm -hmm. Mount Gerizim. And so they said, well, we just want all blessing. So Mount Gerizim happens to be up in our territory. So we're not going to touch Mount Ebal. That's where the curses come from. So we're just going to cut that out of our religion. In fact, we're going to cut covetous, uh, the command against covetousness out of our religion. And we're just going to say, we're going to, we're going to worship God up on this mountain because it happens to be in our backyard. The Lord said, you don't even know what you're worshiping. You're just, you're worshiping a false religion. If you want to know how to do it, understand God brought his salvation through the Jews. Amen. And at one point in that conversation, he says, the one you're seeking, that's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's me. Mm-hmm. So for, forget about your false and, and, and errant translations. Just Let's just get back to Moses. Let's get back to what God did through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, later through Egypt. But before they officially moved into the land, he commanded these blessings. We're going to get into that in chapter 28 in just a minute. But what we see is Joshua. He goes into the land. Uh, the battle of Jericho was won. Wonderful thing. And then something happened. A man uh, took some things he shouldn't have taken when he was warned not to. He gets stoned. And his family, the whole valley was named Achan or uh, Achor after this man Achan. And I know I talked about that on Wednesday night, but here it is again. And uh, now Joshua gets serious. Okay, we lost 36 men. So that's not so much. I mean, there was probably... Thousands and thousands of soldiers. Yes, there were. But when you have a victory over Jericho and not one life is lost, and then just this other little small town kills 36 of your guys, uh, something immediately starts saying, something's wrong here. Uh We won this huge battle, not one life lost, but then we have this little insignificant little place over here, Ai, and and, uh, we, we lost 36 men, and they totally ran us out of town. Okay, i got to get serious. i got to get serious. So he goes back, takes care of business, and what does he do after that? He remembers the word of the man of God. You get up on Mount Ebal, you get up on Mount Gerizim, you put the children of Israel up there, and you command the blessing and the cursing, both. Forget about the religion, forget about what we want, command the blessing and the cursing. Well, in case some of you are getting nervous, we're only going to focus on the blessings because we're going to be good Samaritans here today. Anybody ever heard of Good Samaritan? Yeah. Yeah, that's in the Bible somewhere, right? The book of Luke? Right? No, but we are. We, you know, we just want you to understand where this is coming from. If the Lord wants us to cover cursing next week, we'll do that. Okay? But right now we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, all right? And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command this thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. I'm just going to go ahead and take a long shot here and assume everybody knows we're the people of God. I was being a little facetious. I hope we all... That's not a long shot. I hope that's not a long shot, right? We, we are the people of God. A lot of times I qualify these. Well, this doesn't really apply to us because we're not Jews. We're the people of God. 
Amen. the people of God. Amen. So it applies to us spiritually, all right? Yes. Verse 2, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, when, when Jesus says we're more than conquerors, you know, we talked about this a little bit on Friday night briefly, but uh, when we're more than conquerors, what that means is we're not just going in, smacking people around and saying, we won, and then leaving town and letting them put the pieces back together, right? right. No, more than conquerors means we come in, we conquer, and we hold the land. That's more than a conqueror, right? right? Yeah. This, is, this is what the Mongols did. This is what the Huns did. This is what a lot of those Eastern steppe peoples did. They would, they would blast through the land. Asia and the Middle East and even into Europe. At one point, you know, the Mongols would call the scourge of God. And they would come in. They would sweep through and decimate and destroy. And then they'd leave. <laughs> they'd just kind of leave. You know, some of the places they held, but a lot of places they just came in and they just killed and murdered and did all kind of awful things. And, and uh, after a while they left. And so Europe and the Middle East kind of got back to normal for the most part. But we're more than conquerors, amen? amen? It reminds me of this when I read this verse. These blessings shall come upon thee, or shall come on thee, and over... Take thee. In other words, here, walk that way. Yes, sir. Boom! <laughs> get hit right in the back with a blessing. Just because we're doing what, what we're doing. Right. Amen? We're Amen. walking and it, and it overtakes us. It overwhelms us. It swarms right over us. And we're just like, what did I do, Lord? You're walking the way I wanted you to walk. Amen. You know, the Lord has been telling me, He's been speaking to my spirit here lately and saying, you know, uh, let the people of God know they're blessed. Amen. Because sometimes we can preach repentance so much that we think we're just low-down, dirty dogs. We're the holy people of God. Amen. Or at least we should be. Amen. People out there, they should see us as holy people. Yes. Come on now. They, when they see us, they should see us as holy people. I mean, I'm talking simple things. When we're interacting with them in any, any regard, they should see the character of Christ come from us. Amen. Amen. When we go out to the restaurant, they should see Christian behavior. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Yeah. When, we, when we're interacting at the supermarket and they, they shortchange us, they should see Christian behavior. Mm -hmm. Oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. We don't have to lay down for the devil. Right. Right. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, I think you shortchanged me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's okay, don't worry. We all make mistakes, right? And make them feel good about it. That's a Christ-like character. It's not, it's not just mere polite society. But when you make them, you know, they're probably having a bad day. That's why they gave you the wrong change in the first place. And you get in their face and say, how dare you try to blah, blah, blah. You just made their day worse. And I'll tell you right now, they're not going to be open to hearing much about Jesus. Right. So I, I don't normally talk to people about Jesus in the grocery aisle. Well... Open yourself up to it. Maybe he'll have you do it one day. I've heard of Stranger Things. I've heard of Stranger Things, right? I heard a message by Johnny James years ago talking to people right in the grocery aisle. Just, you know, he, he preached a whole message to them out of the, out of the stupid soap opera magazines. 
some of you probably heard that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it, it came from a real live event where he was standing, waiting in a long aisle, and he just got to talking to, I think it was a lady in front of him, and he just started talking to her about Jesus. Why not? Mm-hmm. Hey, you got a captive audience. They don't want to leave because they want to get through and pay for their stuff, right? And hurry up, please. This guy's crazy behind me. But while it's happening, might as well tell them about Jesus. Say, well, they're not going to be too uh, keen on that either. Listen, God will set the right person in front of you. He'll set the right circumstance in front of you. He'll set the right hungry person inside of you. But if we're just there all about getting our, uh, our, our groceries set for the week, then we're not going to be thinking of much else. But our job is Jesus. Amen. 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 Everything we do, we do like Jesus. Amen. Jesus told his disciples, go in there, give me a, a sandwich, right? And while he's getting a sandwich, he's saying, hey, lady, can you give me a drink? And she gets saved. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't remember anything about her getting the Holy Ghost. Hey, listen, I, I'm convinced that when the Holy Ghost came, she eventually got it because the gospel got preached in Samaria. Amen. 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 Philip went up into Samaria. I wouldn't doubt a bit. And a lot of those people that got set up by Jesus going into there were the people, the very people that the Holy Ghost came on when Philip went up there. Right. Praise God. Well, actually, technically, when Peter and John went up there. But you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 8. Right. So let's move on. He says, It will overtake you if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt thou be, uh, be the fruit of thy body, that's your children, and the fruit of thy ground, that's your crops, your produce. Amen? Amen. Yeah. What you're producing. And the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of thy kind, that's cows, and the flocks of thy sheep, everything. Everything's going to be blessed. If you walk the way I'm telling you to go, if, if you just be me to the world, Blessing will overtake you. He never said you won't have hard times. Now, right. I don't think I need to preach that. And I'm not going to belabor that point. He never said there wouldn't be bumps in the road. Right. He never said there wouldn't be trials to overcome. But how does over, oh, Jesus overcome a trial? I believe he overcomes a trial the same way he tells us to. Rejoice. Yeah. We're going to read that in a minute. Rejoice. When you find bumps in the road, rejoice in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can speed up a little. And, thy, and blessed shall be thy basket. I'm in verse 5. And thy store. Blessed shall be when thou comest in. And blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies to rise up. Uh, the Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee. Not two, but that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. In other words, he's given us a little hint there. There will be enemies. There will be enemies. They will rise up against you. Several months ago, maybe his last, I don't even know anymore. I remember stressing so strongly one time when we were together. I don't know if it was a Sunday, a Wednesday, a Thursday. I can't even remember anymore. But I remember just coming in here and just raising my voice about as loud as I could raise it. Folks, don't be deceived. You've got a devil that hates you and is trying to kill you. Yep. The Lord had me just press that upon us. Because a lot of times the reason why we think the world's our enemy, it is technically. But love of the world is really enmity against God, right? Yep. Same as a carnal mind. If you love the world, you're an enemy of God. 
But if you have a carnal mind, that's enmity against God too. So our own flesh is our enemy. The world is our enemy. But you know, our real enemy is the devil. And a lot of times we just count him. We, do, we just like, oh well, whatever. But so when we're not expecting a stab in the back, that's exactly when it comes. You know, we, we got the, sorry for talking about personal stuff, but we got this vicious little cat in our house. Right? It, these, these little animals are, they might be little, but they are killers. I've tried to explain that to my daughter. You've got to understand. They are killers. They're little, but they're killers. And so all their instinct is to kill. They got sharp teeth. They got sharp claws. You know? This, you know, just a little bit of an example of how, that's not scratches, that's teeth. My uh, cat likes to jump on my arm and ha ha you know, and she got hers today, a tooth fell out. But uh, anyway, I was standing in the kitchen sink today and this cat got up on high on our cabinet and just like a little, like, like a little tiny mountain lion, she sprang from the top when I was least expecting it. Jumped right on my shoulders, clawed my back all the way down. Ah! You want to take the thing and throw it out the window? <laughs> See how you do out there? Go catch some mice. You want to kill something? Sit there and attack me? I'm too big for you to eat. You know? But that's the devil. The devil's going to wait till you least expect it in spring. We were we were watching this like survival type wilderness thing. Me and my wife some time ago, and there's one. A lady that you know that was out there alone in the wilderness saying, "Well, I'm not too worried about wolves and bears." And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> You're not too worried about wolves and bears?" She goes, "Well, I can usually hear them coming, and quite honestly, if it's a mountain lion, I don't worry about them either because I'll never know if they're coming." So that's kind of true. Why worry about it? You'll never know. You'll you'll never know they're coming. That's, that's what I've been told. I've never intersected a mountain lion in my life, but I, I have been told that when they attack, you never see it coming. They're silent. They're silent killers. The devil often becomes that silent killer, folks. We can't afford to not know he's around. We can't afford at least to be aware and that the Holy Ghost will teach us the wiles of the devil, right? Mm -hmm. He'll show us his devices. We have the armor of God on to protect us against his strategies, right? Yep. Yeah. So he's telling us there will be enemies. Mm -hmm. Don't forget about having enemies. Right. right. But that's not really the focus here. The focus is the blessing. When they come, and they will come, mm -hmm. they will be smitten before thy face. Thou shalt come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. All that means is they'll come at you with a concerted effort, and they'll scatter. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. He already promised us before in verse 5, Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. That doesn't mean the local market. It just means what you're storing up. Dry goods. Now he says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses. How's this? We read a parable where Jesus looked at a man and said, Thou fool, you didn't know that today you would be accounted for. Your soul would be taken into account. Remember that story? Well, what, what did he call him a fool for? Because he says, well, 
I need bigger barns to hold all my goods, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So let's tear down these barns, let's build bigger. Mm -hmm. He said, you're a fool. He didn't call him a fool for building a bigger barn. Hear me. Right. He called him a fool for not knowing. So I thought none of us knew the day. Well, we'll know at least to do what God tells us to do if he tells us to do it or if he tells us not to. Right. That was the foolish part. He looked at the Pharisees one day and he says, you hypocrites, you know how to read the face of the sky, but you do not know how to hear from God. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. He said, you guys know that red skies at night are, you know, sailor's delight, right? Mm -hmm. Red skies in morning are sailor's warning. You, you know this. Mm -hmm. That if you just look at the, what's going on in the heavens, you'll know what kind of weather's happening. Right. He said, you, you guys, that's good. He didn't say it was bad to know this information. Right. He was just saying, you guys know how to read the heavens, if you will, but you don't know how to read the heavens. The more important heavens. Amen. The movement of God's wind. Amen. Praise God. We need to learn it. Yes. We need to learn it. How's the best way to learn it? Walk in the way. Yes. We'll learn it. Yes. There's a reason why a lot of times when we think about the blessings of God, and we think about when we're praying for the blessings of God, and we should pray for the blessings of God, folks. Mm -hmm. If you're not, start. Mm -hmm. um, Jabez, he simply said, Lord, bless me. And the Lord did it. He said, well, that, you know, you know well, who was his name? David, uh, Bruce, rather, uh, Wilkinson wrote that little prayer Jabez book years and years back, and it became a big sensation. I, I have the coffee mug and, and the t-shirt and uh, uh, the headband. No, I don't have any of that stuff, but I, I do have the coffee mug. Um, but, you know, the Jer uh, prayer of Jabez was a huge deal, you know, what was that? 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, somewhere in there, chapter 4, but anyway, um, you, you see uh, this, and that was a big splash. Why? Because people like to hear that all we have to do is say, God, give it, and God says, okay, here it is. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, he'll do that, but he'll do it when we're walking in the path of blessing. Mm -hmm. And the path that he's pouring it out. Right Another thing that we don't realize about the blessing is one of the blessings about having success over our enemies is walking this way teaches us how to be alert. Teaches us how to hear God. Teaches us to see the devil when he's coming. And we don't need to focus so much on the devil. Even Jesus said, don't rejoice so much that you have victory over the devil, but rejoice more that your names are written in heaven. Right. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The, the focus should never be so all the way on to the enemy. It should be on the path he set for you. Yes. That's where the blessing comes. But that's, always, that's also where success comes. We, we, we need to stop thinking as the people of God, even in blessing, and when we're pray, praying for blessing, that it's just something that's just going to dump on top of us. You know? Now, it does say, and I made the point to say it, it will overtake you. Yes, it will. Well, what else will overtake you? Enemies. Right. But the blessing is they will come one way and flee seven. Mm -hmm. Because when they hit that wall that God's put around you, bam, they scatter in every direction, right? Yep. right. And a few more uh, after that. The Lord shall command the blessing upon the in thy storehouses. Plural. It's not wrong to have storehouses. It's just use them for what God has for, you know, if we took everything that flowed through us and gave it all back to God, it wouldn't be too much if God told us to do it. Mm -hmm. It would never be too much because it would just keep opening the portal. 
so that more would be coming through. And, you know, we've heard the old expression, you can never give out, I'll give a gun. Right. You know, that's usually what a preacher says when he's uh, during offering service. <laughs> we don't really say that when we're talking about going out and talking to someone about Jesus or uh, helping, you know, some poor guy on a street corner somewhere, right? Right. Now, first of all, help the house of God, okay, then go help the homeless. But you, you get what I'm saying. Yep. And a lot of times we, we're thinking, you know, we've, preach those ideas when we're talking about give to the church. Well, giving to the church is not all there is. Right? right? Yep. You know, even even just uh, let me see that. I know it's back here somewhere. Chapter 26. Chapter 26. Chapter 26. Same book. Chapter 26. Verse number 12. Here it is. Verse number 12. When thou hast made an end of tithing all the tithes of thy increase the third year, which is the year of tithing, and has given unto the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that they may eat within thy gates and be filled. Then shalt thou say before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of mine house, and have also have given them unto the Levite, and to the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all thy commandments which thou hast commanded me. I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten them. Now, the way we typically, in, in any kind of church, it doesn't have to be just our kind of church, but any kind of church, typically the way they're going to preach that is, hey, you got to give, you got to give all your money into the offering plate. You know, all your tithe money anyway. When the Word of God says tithing can be used, now first it's for the Levite, okay? Let's not, let's not play games with God, all right? right? First of all, that tithe is for the ministry, right. okay? But it's also there to help fatherless and widows, strangers. Why? That they may come in and enjoy the things of God too. Yeah. All right? So before, you know, you help the homeless, help someone in the church. You know? And, and if you're doing right, God's going to bless you and he's going to bless the ministry, he's going to bless the church, and he's going to bless other folks besides. We Basically, from ministry on down, we need to stop worrying about time. Oh, it's a biblical principle. I'm not expecting anybody to stop. I'm just saying, we... Let's learn what it is. It's, it's about, you know, I, I was talking to a sister years ago where she's like, well, I don't even want to think about all that. It's just easier for me to basically move the decimal place over on my check and just throw that in the offering. But I know that's the easy way to do it. It's hard to say, Lord God, what am I to do with this? Now, he might tell you to give the lion's portion to the church. Sometimes he might say, there's someone in need in the church. Hey, God's not above that, folks. Right. Okay? You're not above that. Right. Amen? Right. If we'll do that, you might find yourself in a need one day, and all of a sudden someone gives you a wad of cash. So what's that for? Um, I'm tithing. <laughs> oh, you're not supposed to tithe to me. That goes to the pastor. Yes. Okay? We're not arguing, right? Mm -hmm. But when God tells you to take it and do something else with it, and by the way, he never tells us to pay our bills with tithe money. Right. So if, you, if you've wondered about that, he never tells us to take our tithe money uh, to the casino and put it on the you know, 21 black, right? Amen. He doesn't do that. <laughs> but sometimes he might say, help brother or sister so-and-so, they're going through hard times. It's all right, I'm teaching them some things, and now I'm teaching them how the church should work. Mm -hmm. We just get back to biblical principles. Man, I tell you what, we're going to have so much success, we'll never have to worry about it again. Well, we don't have to worry about anything anyway, but, you know, there's reason. Can, can, can you hear this? There's reason to worry about a lot of things, isn't there? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Health, finances, war over in Europe, right? That can somehow affect us, and it's already affecting us, of course, right? I mean, there's a lot of reasons to worry, but there's no, there's no command to worry. And we are, we should be people that are above worry. Somebody agree with me on that one? Yeah. We should be absolutely above worry. So when I say a reason to worry, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to worry. We still shouldn't. But when we're doing it the right way, we're going to find out there's no even reason to worry. Right. Now, that's where I want to see the church get to. I know we've got very short days before Jesus comes back, but folks, I think we can do it. I think we can walk in the blessings of God and operate the right way. And that, that's really what we're doing here. You know, uh, we're moving into uncharted waters. A lot of times uncharted waters aren't so uncharted because the charts right here, we just didn't know it was in that's the right. wallet, right? right. Yep. Whatever they call that thing that they put their maps and stuff in. Right? Yep. It was there all along. The, the, the chart was there. Hey, where'd this come from? It's been there for 3,500 years. <laughs> and, we, and we have it right in our hands. Yep. Praise God. Amen. And all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. There's an important point. He will bless you in the land he gives you. Which means he won't necessarily bless you in the land he doesn't give you. In fact, why don't we just make a little bit stronger of a statement. He won't bless you in the land he doesn't give you. <laughs> He's not going to let you take uh, the vineyard that's hard by your palace. It's not yours. Right. It doesn't matter what your wife says. Right. <laughs> right? Yep. You know, if you don't know that story, go read First Kings, okay? But anyway, it, it doesn't matter. That's not your vineyard. That's someone else's vineyard. That's someone else's inheritance. It's never going to be yours. You can't take it even if you kill the guy. You can't take it. Right. It's not yours. Right. Right. Naboth was... Was it Naboth? I said that right? Yep. Yeah, okay. I thought so. I was confusing him with Nabal for a minute. But not Nabal. That means fool. But anyway, Nabal, he was, he was the guy that had that vineyard. That was his. Mm-hmm. That was his. God was blessing him in it. That's the reason why the king looked out his window and said, that's a nice vineyard. Yeah, because the guy's getting blessed. Because mm-hmm. he's getting blessed in his land. Right? right? right. Uh, we never see any record that Ahab got blessed in that land. All we have record of is Ahab died, and the dogs licked his blood. And I know that's gruesome, so let's move on. Where was I? Verse 9. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he has sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways, and all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. Yeah, all right. That's what I want. I want to go out and make everybody afraid of me. Well, you no, know, that's not. What he's saying is they're not going to mess with you. Because they're going to be like, don't mess with that guy. And when it says they're afraid of us, it might encourage them to say, whatever you have, I'd like me some too. All right? He goes on. Let me read a couple more verses. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. In the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, in the fruit of the ground, in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the, he- 
than to give the rain upon thy land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail and thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath if that thou if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Now I'm going to stop right there, because that's uh, verse 15 is where the curses start. All right? Now, in your own time, it's a long chapter. Let me see how many verses we got. Whew, this is a big one. Uh, 68 verses in chapter 28. So we've only read 14. So you see the bulk of it is about curses. All right? So in your own time, maybe if you're taking notes today, write it down. Read the rest of chapter 28, Deuteronomy chapter 28. There's a lot of things in there, a lot of warnings, a lot of good, good for us. The Lord is focusing on the blessing today, but he doesn't want us to ignore what could happen if we don't walk in his ways. Right now, he just wants to encourage us. Walk in his ways. Walk in his ways. That's the best you're going to have, walking in his ways. In fact, a lot of times, the reason why we're not walking in his ways is because we've been lied to by Satan and thinking the fun's really out there. The prosperity's really out there. The, you know, all the fulfillment and happiness and joy and all that is out there. And when I'm used up, maybe I'll give the last few remaining years of my life to God so that I can go to heaven. I was in a church years ago. It was, um, uh, maybe I, no, I'm not going to mention the church because uh, who knows where this recording will go. But um, I was in a church years ago, and uh, some of you may know the church, uh, probably many of you don't, but I was in a church, and I was, the Lord had me looking around. Now, a lot of times he will not have you do that, even men of God, because that's not your congregation. There's no reason for you to go in there and be judgmental. But there was one time the Lord had me go into a church and actually look around. And he said, do you see all these old mothers in here? He said, what do you read in their spirit? See, back in the day, the old mothers were the, were the spiritual ones. They were the praying ones. They were the ones that you didn't mess with spiritually. These are the ones that could come up to you and read your mail. Whew, these are the ones that usually got the fire going in the church. I remember our old sister... Um, Gregory, down in Gray Road. When the spirit started moving, she would let out a war whoop. And we knew, we learned in Gray Road. When you heard Sister Gregory let out her war whoop, they, all heaven was about to break loose. And you, you just, you're just like, what's going to happen next? Next thing you know, people are running pell-mell down the aisles and rolling around on the ground and whooping and shouting and twirling and all kinds of stuff going on. And it all started with old Sister Gregory. She'd be sitting back there. She'd have her eyes closed. And you'd think she was asleep. She wasn't asleep. She's just drinking in the presence of God. Amen. <laughs> Once it got to that place, everybody was like, Whoa! Sister Gregory just blew the trumpet. Now it's going to break out. And it did. Oh, man. She was one of those old praying mothers. Man, you never saw prayer warriors. You know, but I was at this particular church. I'm looking around, and these old mothers in the church, I'm, I'm not reading that level in them. The Lord says, what are you reading? What I, was, what I was reading was, these guys have given the latter end of their years to God. They went out, 
They were with all the men they wanted to be with. They did all the family stuff they wanted to do. They did all the job they wanted to do. They had all the fun they wanted to do. And when they got a little bit older, you know, in their 50s and 60s and 70s, they decided, okay, it's time to settle down a little bit and because uh, we don't want to miss heaven. So now that they're all tired and used up and they have not spent their strong, strong years seeking the face of God, they're all used up at the end and now we don't have the old praying mothers of Zion in the church anymore. They're all used up. The Lord doesn't want that. Well, you know, the, the blessing, the blessing is in the way. It's not out there. It's not that we, we okay, well, I'll just, I'll give God the, no, 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 no. You know, uh, I, I mean, I'm not big on what they call deathbed confessions and all that. I, I, don't, I don't really believe that someone can live like the devil all their life, and then once they're sick and almost die, say, you know what, I changed my mind, Lord, I know I want to go to heaven. Can God do it? Of course he can. I, I'm not the judge. I'm not the one that assigns people heaven or hell or anything else, right? So I'm not, and I don't think there's anything else, by the way. Anyway, it's, you're either with God or you're not. That's, that's the choices. But I'm not the one to assign their places. When, when God separates the, when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, um, he's going to be doing it, not me, not you, right? Mm -hmm. So, hey, listen, can someone have turned their life around at the end? Well, the thief on the cross did. Right. Okay, so we, we're, we're not saying these things are impossible, but I don't put a lot of stock in them, and I don't think any of us should that know the truth now. I think that's for someone who didn't realize the truth their whole life. And then near the end, they realized, I need Jesus. This is, the, this is what I need. Right. Maybe he can save them then. And I say maybe because that's up to him. And if, and if they're doing it for righteous reasons. I want to turn to Matthew 20, uh, rather Matthew chapter 5. You okay to hang around for a few more minutes? Yeah. It won't be a few more minutes. It'll be a lot more minutes. But anyway, you gave me a few, so I'm going to take more than a few. Matthew chapter 5. This is stuff we learned in Sunday school, but we're going we're gonna to look at it today, all right? Matthew chapter 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now this statement is, is one of those counterintuitive, kind of almost oxymoron level statements. How are you blessed if you're poor? That seems to be a contradictory statement, right? But it's all about the spirit. The word spirit there uh, can be used idiomatically as attitude. And after all, we do call these the beatitudes, right? Yes. The beatitudes, the attitudes to have or to be. And uh, now, that's not a biblical word. It's just what we have taken to calling them because years and years ago, people recognized that the spirit that talks about in verse number three is, is the attitude. In fact, we see that in 1 John chapter 4. It says, don't believe every spirit. It's in the same form, pneumati. It's in the same form, and it can be translated as an attitude. In other words, just because you've got a bad attitude towards something doesn't mean it's right. 
Just because your attitudes towards a certain situation or a person or whatever is what you're feeling in the moment, it, it, even if you've got, you think some scripture to back you up, you need to try the spirit itself to find out if it's from God, right? If it's a self-serving spirit, it's not from God. If it's a self-sacrificing spirit, it's from God. All right? There's times when the righteous indignation of God comes up over us, but it is not a self-serving spirit. It's God's anger kind of manifesting through us. And that's okay. He, I don't think he just does that stuff for no reason. He does those things to have us minister or warn or speak, give a word, something. Mm-hmm. The prophets, the prophets of old, they often had to get mad to say the word they had. Mm-hmm. They literally had to get mad at the people and say, You people are going to fry! And the prophet themselves were mad. But it wasn't really their anger. It was God's anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God anger coming. So there, were, there was a purpose to it. It wasn't just a bad attitude. But then there's other times where we got like even guys like Jonah up there waiting for Nineveh to get, just get firebombed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lord, why'd you let the gourd dry up or whatever it is, you know, that was giving him shade, right? Uh-huh. He's mad. What are you mad at? What are you mad at? You know, you, you mad? Well, I'm mad because you didn't fry their carcasses. Well, it's up to me. They repented. That's my business. Yep. So that was a bad attitude on Jonah's part, right? Uh, Elijah even got to a bad attitude a couple of times. Feeling sorry for himself, this, that, and the other. Was he persecuted? Sure he was. He didn't handle it right. Let's, let's move on. Blessed are the poor in spirit. So how can you be blessed if you're poor? It's about the attitude. It's about a humble spirit. It's about being blessed, but having the mannerism of, all I have is Jesus. All I have is from Jesus. All I have is for Jesus. Right. It's not really for me at all. Yeah. That's why I'm saying if we, if we took everything that flowed into us and gave it right back to God, it wouldn't be too much. Yeah. We know it can't be too much because he said the a widow with the two mites gave more than anybody. Mm-hmm. The two mites, if you didn't know, is not that much money. Right. It's not about an amount. It's a, about the fact that she gave everything. Mm-hmm. Amen. So the Lord didn't say, oh, hey, 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 um, go, go give her some money because she just gave the last bit of her grocery money. No, he didn't say that. He said, she gave, she's going to get blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't say that part of it, but you get the idea because he says it in other places, given it shall be given. Anyway, verse number four, blessed are they that mourn. Again, oxymoron. What? How can you be blessed if you're mourning about something? He's like, well, the first part was, if you're poor, you're going to be uh, inheritors of a kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven. If you're mourning, you're going to be comforted. You're going to be comforted by the comforter. He's, he's expressing the higher level, the higher realm of things. You can go through things in this life, and that's fine. To bring you up into a place where you understand, hey, the real stuff's over here. It's not even really down here anyway, right? Right. But even while we're down here, we, if, if we give up houses and lands and all this different stuff, he says, even in this life, you'll get back. And in the next life, life eternal, the real riches. He says, if you will just operate the right way, you will get blessed. Stop thinking blessings come from the world. It doesn't. So he says, blessed are they that mourn. Doesn't sound right. Well, because they're going to be comforted. Read, uh, if you take a note, read Isaiah 61. He's going to give you gladness for mourning, right? 
He's going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's, it's going to, listen, if you'll just go ahead and let yourself go through, God will make it right. Blessed are the meek. The meek are the ones that everybody walks over. Not really. The meek are the ones that are really strong. But they're controlled by the Holy Ghost. And what do they get? They get an inheritance of the whole earth. Well, I thought the earth was the Lord's and the fullness. Yeah, it is. And he's going to give it to the meek. Yeah. Again, Isaiah. And this time it's Isaiah chapter 11. You can kind of attach that onto that verse if you'd like. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Doesn't sound like you're too blessed. But if you're hungry and thirsty after righteousness, you are going to get filled up with it. I'd rather have a cheeseburger, thank you very much. No, 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 no. I'd rather have the righteousness of God than a cheeseburger. I don't like cheeseburgers. I'm going to go get a cheeseburger right now. No, 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 I'm not. I'm going to eat chicken. But anyway, um, they shall be filled. Verse number seven. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Listen. A lot of times when we read these verses, we're not really connecting with what it means. If you are in the position to be merciful or unmerciful, either one, that means something had to intersect with you that was undesirable at least. Can anybody see this? Yep. In other words, if you're going to have mercy on someone, that usually means if you're not some magistrate somewhere, if you're just Joe Schmo like, like all of us are, you know, that means someone has done something against you usually. That gives you the position to decide mercy on mercy, right? So he says you are blessed when you get into the position where you have to show mercy. Right. And if you do show mercy. A lot of times when we're reading, reading these Beatitudes, we're not really connecting. It's the same with peacemakers. But we'll, we'll, before we get to peacemakers, let's look at pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you want to write a note... Uh, down on this one, look at 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. He's like, when we see him, we'll be like him. So everybody that has this hope, purify your hearts. It's the same idea. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So when, earlier, when we, say, when we see him, or later in 1 John, when we see him, we'll be like him. He says, so everybody that has this hope, purify your hearts. The same idea. Get your hearts pure. You start seeing God. You start being like God. Walk in the way he tells you to go. The road opens up. Your destiny opens up. You walk in it, and you walk in it like God. And the more you see him, the more you become like him. The more you walk in his ways, the more you become like him. Over and over and over. Pure in heart. What that really means is hearts that are purged. A purging process is never comfortable. Folks, don't ever think it is. It's never comfortable. You can also attach... Another scripture by John. That's John chapter 15. I'll read that real quick. John chapter 15. I'll read a couple of verses there. I am the true vine, starting right in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that is not uh, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. He purifies it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Some people say, well, that doesn't really mean purge. It means more like prune. But that's a purging process. You're pruning off the things that are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. you're, you're pruning off the little suckers, right? The stuff that are just using energy unnecessarily. Right. That's not going to go into the grapes. You want the grapes. Right. So you're clipping them off. Yeah, pruning, purging. It's never, it's never a comfortable process. So when we talk about those that are pure in their hearts, we're talking about purging and pruning. 
and, and <clears throat> getting what's in there out and say, well, I'm, I've been saved and sanctified by the Holy Ghost. And yes, I have too, but I found out in the last 42 years, I just had my 42nd Holy Ghost birthday last week. Amen. And that's, I'm not bragging. Glory to God. But I did, 1980. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in March, I think it was 6, 1980. 42 years ago. But for the last 40 year, 42 years, I have run, up a lot, uh, run into a lot of things in my heart that are still not right. And I assume, and I think correctly, that the Lord is going to continue to purify my heart right. as I go on. Amen. As the Lord allows me to. Amen. Amen. We give glory uh, to God for the few future years. If I have them. I told the Lord again this morning, Lord, take me, use me. Throw me away. Whatever it is you want for me today, whatever is going to bring you glory, and whatever is going to fulfill you, will do it. Right. Amen. Praise God. And, and I, I'm being serious. I'm not being theatrical there. I'm being serious. The Lord wants to take my life. Please take it now. Because I'm just going to destroy lives if I remain here. Outside of the will of God. Right? There's no other choice. Right. If I'm somewhere outside of the will of God, I'm only going to mess things up. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you need me out of the way, get me out of the way. If I'm in my own way, get me out of my own way. If I'm in your way, get me out of the way. If the flesh is in the way, get the flesh out. The world's in the way, get the world out. Right? If the devil's in the way, get the devil out. Amen. Whatever's in the way, let's get it out of the way. Right, amen. And if that happens to be me, then take me. Just take me to you, please. Praise God. I mean that. I mean that. Peacemakers, we're at the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Just like in a situation with mercy, you have to be in a situation where you have to make peace, which means you have to be in a situation where there is no peace. Can we see this, folks? Yep. You have to be in a situation where you have to make peace in order to be a peacemaker. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty good sense. And they shall be called the children of God, the offspring of God, the sons of God. It's those, according to Romans 8, that are led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God. And that word sons there is the word that specifically means inheritor. Right. They are the inheritors of God, the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted. Now, we wrap this up. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The same as verse 3 we started off with. Blessed are the poor in spirit, but theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yes, but also blessed are those who are persecuted. Well, now, now he's getting right down to where it really means something to us. Because we understand persecution. If you've ever been persecuted, it's not fun. It's never going to be fun. Don't pretend it's fun. Don't walk around with your nose up in the air saying, Oh, I'm doing it for Jesus. You're not really being persecuted. If that's the case, okay? But when you're being persecuted, you don't, have, you don't need anybody to tell you you're being persecuted. It's our response, though. It's our walk, though. It's, it's you know, ah, help us, Lord. Does anybody get what I'm talking about? Yes, amen. Lord God, if we're not, help us to get it, Lord God. I know I'm not preaching hard today. This is really more of a lesson, but come on, get it. Yep. Get it, amen? amen. Blessed, uh, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Peter says... In one of his epistles, he says, don't, don't be mistreated because of wrongdoing. Yep. Be mistreated because you're a Christian 
or Christ-like because you're acting like Christ. The word in Greek there is Christianos. That means little messiahs. I'm a little messiah? But you know, don't get a big head about it. You're a little messiah. Okay? You're a little mediator. We're kings and priests, right? Yes, we, 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 but we're the little guys. But we're acting like him. Christianos. That Janos part is the diminutive. The little Christ. Okay? We're Christies. Okay, moving on, moving on, all right, moving on. We are little, we are little anointed ones, okay? We're anointed, aren't we? Amen. That's what Christ means, anointed. We are little anointed ones. Praise God. If you're being persecuted because you're anointed, great. That's great. God's got power for you. God's got uh, a sinless life for you. He's got righteousness for you. He's got peace that comes behind you. He's got comfort. He's got a filling up of righteousness. He's got the earth. And he's got the kingdom of heaven, more, more importantly. He's got all these things for you if Amen. we'll just have the attitude of being poor and mourning and th- hungry and thirsty and being in situations where we, we almost feel like we're a doormat, but we're really not. Uh, other situations where we have to uh, be purged and we have to be in situations where we have to uh, have mercy and make peace and be persecuted. Right. So all this is preference with blessed are. I know you've probably never heard the Beatitudes talk quite this way. It's all right. God, God's in it. Amen? It's all right. I'm not trying to brag about that. It's just sometimes it takes special insight to see past the surface level. Great. But verse 10, 11, and 12 really bring it down to where we're starting to get what Jesus has been talking about the rest of the verses. Persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he, t- he ties that expression with poor in spirit. So when we're being poor in spirit, this is, this is what it is. We're the oppressed. We, we have the demeanor of the oppressed. We're, we're not here as overlords. We're not here as you know, high rollers, right? right. We're not here as, as, as uh, you know, the guys that just, hey, you know, the guy that tips the cab uh, driver 100 bucks. You know, we're not... We're not here to be Donald Trump's, right? Right. Hey, listen. If someone gave me ten billion dollars, I probably would take it. But God hasn't let that happen yet. Yet. No, the Lord hasn't let that happen because I don't need nine or ten billion dollars. I need exactly what I have. I'm still here. I'm alive. I'm in good health. I'm probably a little bit too good health. All right? And, uh, hey, I'm doing all right. Uh, There's struggles and bumps along the road, but the Lord's got me. The Lord's got you. The blessing of the Lord is upon us. Let me just finish this off. Maybe we'll read a few other verses in quick succession. Maybe if you can uh, take some notes on that, because I'm not going to belabor those points. Verse 11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely, for my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. All this is going to happen to you on the earth, but your reward is in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. We know the concept. It kind of gets down to, you know, the brass tacks sometimes. We realize Jesus is literally telling us to be in situations. Well, what he's telling us, we, we learned all about the blessing in Deuteronomy 28, right? 
We learn about walking in his ways, in his pathways. You can look at Proverbs chapter 3 and learn about his pathways there too. Trust the Lord with all your heart, right? Mm -hmm. And th th those are all good passages. We won't turn there now. But if you want to write it down, look at Proverbs 3, 5 and following. It's good stuff. But for now, let's just go to Psalm um, 1. We, we know that one real well. As you're looking at Psalm 1, I, I'm remembering. i got to look for it real quick. I'm remembering Brother Johnson preached a message years ago. Brother Don Johnson, uh, my former pastor, let me see, yes, uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And blessed is he, whosoever shall, uh, whosoever shall not be offended in me. He, he, he preached a message one time, the, the 11th, or whatever it was, the 11th beatitude, right? Blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. So I just wanted to throw that out to you. But Psalm 1 is, uh, is a good one. We're going we're gonna to do this as quickly as possible. Psalm 1, I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures in Psalm. I don't have them all memorized, so I'm going to have to look at my notes. But God is good. Somebody say, thank you for the word. Thank, thank you for the word. Praise God. Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his, in his law doth he meditate. Day and night. He's thinking about it. It's not just in church, folks. He shall be, and he shall be planted like a tree, or he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It's like a real good encapsulation of Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. Mm -hmm. Okay? But notice what he says after that. He doesn't, he doesn't stop there. The ungodly are not so. But are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the, uh, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It's a guarantee. Psalm 84. We read Psalm 85 earlier today. Good stuff. And now we're back in the Psalms. Psalm 84. We're looking at verse number 12. It says this. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusted in thee. We could read the whole psalm, but I'm just trying to go faster. 112, Psalm 112. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. Psalm 112, verse number 1. Praise you, the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Uh, psalm 119. Right at the beginning of, we're not going to dare read that whole psalm, but right at the beginning, in the, sec, the very first section there, verse number one, it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. And the rest of the psalm is really good too. Psalm 128. I'm going to move back to Psalm 32 in a minute. But for now, Psalm 128, it says this, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Praise God. So those are all positive. Now let's look at a little bit more, uh, I, I, not negative, just the other direction. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. I'm almost done. Bear with me just a few more minutes. We're going to pray with each other here in a minute. Psalm 32, 1 and 2 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, 
and in whose spirit there is no guile. So we're kind of looking at this at the other direction. In other words, if you're walking this way, you're not going to be walking in sin. You're not going to be walking in unrighteousness. You're not going to be transgressing. You're, not, you're going to be walking in His commandments because that's the way you're walking. You're walking in His truth. Praise God. Stand with me. God is good for us. He's good. His way is the best. His way is the best. If you think there's another way that's best, or if you think that Christianity should be part-time, and I'm not accusing anybody, I'm just speaking what the Lord wants me to speak. If you think that this is a, a part-time thing, then think again. Think again. There was a, a blessing that the high priest spoke over the children of Israel. It's written right up there over the door. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. But it says in verse 22, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And I love this part. We already read a scripture in Deuteronomy, very similar. It says, And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. And I will bless them. And they will put my name upon the children of Israel. And I will bless them. Folks, it's all about walking in his name, in his will. When we're asking things in his name, we're asking things in his will. Can we all just come up front here? Praise God. I know that makes some people a little bit uncomfortable, but there's a reason for it. We're just looking to transfer blessings into one another here today. That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing. We just want to transfer blessing into one another. Now, it says to Aaron and his sons. Anybody here a son of God, even if you're a woman? Anybody here part of the body of Jesus Christ? That means we can speak blessing into each other. Now, I would love to do a breakdown of Roman, uh, rather Numbers um, 6, verses 24 through 26, but... It's there. You can read it. I used to end the service all the time with that blessing over you. Today, we're going to bless each other with it. I'm not the high priest because only Jesus is the high priest and apostle of our profession, right? Mm -hmm. But we're priests. Right. And we're sons of God, so we can bless each other mm -hmm. with the children of God. Can you find a human contact here? Maybe lay your hand on a shoulder or person next to you. And let's just bless each other as we leave here today. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I bless my sister, I bless my brother, I bless everyone in this congregation and in the other rooms. Those that are not here with us today in the church, that are a part of our group, all of those who you are calling to be a part of this group, Lord God, so Lord God, as we are imparting with our, with our hands and with our speech, Lord God, I impart the blessing of keeping, Lord God, the blessing of peace, the blessing of grace, the the blessing of your face upon us. Lord God, the blessing and promise of prosperity, the blessing and promise of revelation, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, Lord Jesus, the, the blessing of every level of wealth, Lord God, the blessing of understanding your ways, the blessing of uh, training and learning how to overcome our enemies, Lord Jesus. 
Lord God, in everyone that's in the world that would come against us, Lord God, to overcome and to transverse every bump in the road, Lord Jesus, every negative space, Lord God, every time that we have to make peace, every time that we have to give mercy, every time that we're hungry and we're thirsty, every time that we're mourning, every time that we're poor, every time, Lord God, that we need a purging, Lord Jesus, every time that we're persecuted, oh Lord God, that we would keep on the way, Lord God, and keep in the blessing I bless your people today. I bless the people of God today with a new understanding. Lord God, with the resurgence of the Holy Ghost. Lord God, with a new fresh word in their heart to bless them that will not wither uh, with persecution, but whether will thrive under persecution. Lord God, we pronounce good health. Lord God, good prosperity as our soul is prospering, Lord God. We speak prosperity. Let it pass out into our families. Lord God, let it pass in over the airways to our brothers and sisters who are elsewhere today. Lord God, let it be so as we give you rejoicing, as we give you honor, as we give you glory, Lord God. Let it be done in our midst. Let the glory of God, Lord Jesus, just come forth into our midst. Yes, yes,